Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what I try and to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie hi my name is heather graham and i'm playing dorothy tyson in the movie the last rampage the Last Rampage is a true story about uh, Gary Tyson and how his sons broke him out of prison, and uh, it's a very dark story, and Gary Tyson is not a good guy. I play his wife, and I'm super loyal and devoted to him, even though he's pretty much the worst person in the world. One thing I think is interesting about the movie is a lot of these movies, they tell a story about like, oh, this rebellious guy who was this cool gunslinger and, you know, he did it all these wrong things, but he did it for the right reason. And I think this story sort of turns that story on its head because it's got, at first you think he's a cool guy, but then you're like, no, this guy is just like a selfish, self-centered, narcissistic jerk. I like stories about real people. I think sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that happens, you just go, I can't believe this is real, but it's real. And then if you do more research, it's even stranger than the stuff they put in the script. It's just like, sometimes real life is stranger than fiction. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at LastRampageFilm or on Facebook.com slash LastRampageFilm. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm your host, Kumail Nanjiani, and the guest is a guest or guest host? Oh, I'm a guest. Okay, the this guest is... This is your podcast. Emily V. Gordon. Hi, everybody. Author Emily uh, V. Gordon. I'm an author. And your she wife. She is. And my wife, but more importantly, you're an author and you have a book called Super You. Can I say something? It's, it's more important to me that I'm your wife. Okay, but right now, <laughs> you're not here to plug that you're my wife. That's true. You're here to plug, you have a new book. I'm here to discuss the X-Files, but also I do have a book uh, that is coming out on September the 30th, October 1st, depending on who you are. Although, apparently Amazon pre-orders are shipping early, so get in on that action. Uh, it's called Super You, and it's a, uh, a funny, but also very genuine self-improvement guide um, that's kind of aimed a little bit towards women, but is applicable to everybody. Uh, I really enjoyed writing it, and I hope that you guys enjoy reading it. I've been reading it, oh. and I will say... That this book will improve everyone who reads it. It will improve their life. Now that is a bold statement. One hundred percent. I am one hundred percent sure of it. Either you learn new <laughs> skills, or um, you get reminded of stuff that you didn't know that that you'd forgotten. Okay. And just 
Everybody, every single person, no matter who. Oh, that's very sweet of you. It'll make their life better. It's called Super You. It's uh, hopefully going to be available at your local bookstore, but you can also pre-order it uh, at Amazon.com. And yes, there is an Audible version and a Kindle version also available. Literally, Bagel is sitting next to the microphone, so if you hear uh, noises, it might be our cat. Huffing and puffing into the microphone. But she's okay right now. I think she's going to move off. She's She, she wants to sleep on the pillow that the microphone's sitting on. Oh. That's what it is. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, it's Maybe very we kick her out. This is her room. We're in her room. We are in her room. Um, so today we're talking about the episode Never Again. <sighs> this is a heavy episode with a lot to talk about. Now, this is the Scully talking... Scully dating the guy who has a talking tattoo episode. She's got such bad taste in men. Well, I, this is an episode that... First of all, you get why she goes for the guy. He's, he's all handsome. tortured and handsome yeah. and like weird and mysterious. He's and, a yeah. he's a weirdo. He looks a little bit like Mulder, but only in a very, very, very superficial way, which I thought was interesting. But what I think is most interesting is that it repeats this uh, uh, trend you see sometimes of like kind of powerful, badass, got it together women dating guys who are messes. It's also weird in that a lot of TV fiction and movies are very hard. It's very hard for them to portray badass women who also have sex. Yes. It feels like somehow a woman having sex... Makes her a mess, automatically. Makes her weaker. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I think the one show that has done it well is another uh, uh, Gillian Anderson character. The Fall. The Fall. Absolutely. Um, That show handles it really well. And it's interesting because apparently I was reading, Mm -hmm. again, Darren Mooney's blog, and he talks a lot about this stuff and... Apparently during a Comic-Con or something, someone was asking her a question and was like, you know what's great about Scully is that she's badass and powerful and she doesn't feel the need to hop into bed with Mulder. And she's like, wait, sexual repression is part of being a badass woman? Like, that's not part of it. So I think that's very interesting because this show... Mulder gets to neither of them Mulder gets to be more sexual he hooks up with girls yeah, every now and then he has porn, a porn yeah. he, he has a porn thing with her you don't really see this that much no but in this episode I mean that's sort of part of it is that she's been neglecting her personal life and she of, wants to be and she also is kind of uh, has a lot of habits that she's like very entrenched in and she's like I need to be a little bit more impulsive I need to remember I just that and it, I'm skipping ahead a little bit but that you moment back and forth. where Mulder calls and she's like hey, Mulder how did you know where I was and he's like this is where we always stay when we're in Philly yeah. such a that, that kind of broke my heart because she's like oh I'm that predictable that's oh. how predictable I am well I mean because you don't think she's gonna do it and then she goes and does it mm. and Mulder gives her assignments I mean this what's great about the X-Files is it's a show about obviously the X-Files right all the stuff that they're doing this episode is really not about the X-Files. This episode is about Scully. Yes. And uh, her relationship to Mulder. Absolutely. And how that's affected her negatively. Because what you see is um, she... Oh, man. I completely lost my train of thought. She she has this thing where she's trying to rebel against... Because what happens in the show is Mulder's always telling her what to do. Yes. And in this one, she kind of fights back. Yeah, and, and there's one point at the beginning where he says, well, uh, work is my life, and she responds, and be- it's become mine. Yeah. And she didn't want that. It's his thing to be a workaholic and to be, like, obsessed with, because he's chasing this, like, literal alien from his childhood, so he's always been obsessed with work. It's not been her thing. She's been good at her job, but hasn't been a work obsessive, but because she's fallen into this weird kind of marriage with him, 
she now is married to her work as well. Yeah, and it's not... She she talks a little bit about how she's had, like, these father figures. Like, she has yeah. some daddy issues and stuff. And she says along the way, there's been other fathers. And Mulder's clearly one of those yeah. fathers. I thought the opening of this was so devastating, where it's just Mulder's talking to some fucking guy about UFOs. It's just trained on her face and she's done this hundreds of times yeah. but the camera's never looked at her while he's doing way. this exciting like he's so excited he's chasing another and she's just like Jesus she's Christ. like this is Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah there's so much to talk about in this episode because one of the things is I, I told you to watch the last five minutes of the previous yes. episode Leonard Betts which I think you've, we've, we've yeah. watched before uh-huh. now here's what's interesting is that in that one she finds out she has cancer and so then it it's a very powerful, I think, one-two of her in bed, bleeding from her nose, because she knows she has cancer. She and doesn't it's know it. Inside of the nose cancer, which is the worst kind. It's nose cancer. <laughs> in movies, it's all nose it's cancer. It's always like a nosebleed or, or a cough. Or cough cancer. Those are your two things that you get, and then uh, you're gone. Bad news, you have cough cancer. <laughs> um, so that's very powerful, because obviously she's like, now reevaluating life, what have I done? But, and you know this, they switched the order. So, this is a Glenn Morgan James Wong episode. They've always done Scully-centric episodes. This is the last episode they will write for the show. Until the next season. Boom, bam. Boom, bam. They did not want this to be... They wanted this to be a normal episode, in the, not like hot off the heels of her cancer thing. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they switched oh the God. order. So, because in my head, I've been like, oh, she's got this knowledge that like, yeah. oh my God, I could die. And so that's kind of leading her to question everything and, and yeah. want to kind of get back into her life. But no, this could have happened anytime. They were very upset, apparently, with Chris Carter. Interesting. Glenn Morgan was very upset with Chris Carter when he was like, you're killing the whole point of this episode. The whole point of the episode is that it's a general malaise, and so she's acting out. It's not because of cancer. And so when I first watched it, I was like, well, thank God they switched it because it works. But now that I think about it, I think it's way more profound that it's not because of cancer she's bummed out. She's just bummed out. Yeah. It is way more profound. Although it doesn't mean that the cancer is making her feel like this. It means the cancer is unlocking feelings that she's already Absolutely. had. Cancer it's as a catalyst. Pro- yeah, cancer as a catalyst. But I thought that that was... What a bleak... Was that, you know, it's their last episode. One of their first episodes is an episode called Ice. You mean those two people... Yeah, yeah, Glenn Morgan yeah. James Wong. So it's interesting how every you know writer sort of brings their own take to the characters. It always feels like X-Files, but they do their own thing. Darren Morgan does sort of like deconstructive funny episodes um these guys do howard uh gordon and alex ganza do like Mulder centric episodes these guys do scully centric episodes ice is about is the first episode where like trust develops between Mulder and scully mm-hmm. and they wrote that one and their last one is now that trust yeah. is kind of getting eroded a little bit yeah it's a very familiar thing i think too if you have if you are like a workaholic and I would say in my past, I've had jobs where I've been a workaholic. And the term is, you know, you have a work spouse. I have, I've had work husbands who are like, and I've been single at the time, and it's someone oh, at work sure. who you're like very connected to. You talk to them constantly. You work really well together. And then when you get the reminder that, oh, what you guys have isn't actually real. It's yeah. just because of work. And maybe it could be real, but it's not. It's a very startling reminder of how empty, at least it was for me when it happened to me, of how empty my relationships actually were because I was like, oh, this is supposed to be my person, but just you taking a few days off means I don't talk to you. You know what I mean? Like it means that like our uh, things are kind of different now. 
uh, because you're reminded suddenly that you aren't really in a relationship. I think all of us think of Mulder and Scully as being people in a relationship together, but they're not. They're co-workers. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, hold on one <laughs> second. Sorry. That was our doorbell. That was our doorbell. That's the problem of when husband and wife are recording a podcast. There's nobody left to go get the door. Bagel cannot get the door. But you were saying yes. you realize that they're not actually in a real relationship and you sort of, you know, it's more like a relationship of habit, right? Yeah. Where you're just like sort of, the core isn't there, but all the other symptoms are there. Yeah. That's why this episode to me is the most damning like reason why shipping is not the right thing. And Interesting. I, I'm not a shipper. Uh, people know that. People uh, know that. People are very upset at me about it. <laughs> For not being a shipper? Yeah, people are very upset at me about it. But I think, like, ultimately, their relationship, at least in this one, once you really parse it, parse it through, it's not truly a healthy relationship because it's very, like, Mulder's very, very self-centered. Yeah. And, you know, in some episodes in the beginning, his quest is cast as heroic. But now by season four... We kind of see him for what he is. Yeah, we sort yeah. of... I mean, he's a dick. This is the saddest ending to an episode. Oh, my ever. God. Yeah. Where she says... Because I want to get the line. I have it. I've got it. Exactly right. Yeah, what did she say? She, uh, he was like, you did all this because we had that argument? And she says, not everything is about you, Mulder. This is my life. And he says, do it, come out. He goes, yeah, but it's... And then it's just silence. And then the camera just seconds. pulls back as them, the, the two of them just sitting there. Oh, my God. Oh. Because apparently what Glenn Morgan said is that he thought season five was basically going to be about them sort of coming up. Um, uh, the rest of the season was going to be them like coming apart. Mm-hmm. Something bad happening. Mm-hmm. And then them slowly reconnecting over the course of season five. Like, that was going to be the story okay. of them, which I thought would have been really, really cool. Like, the trust breaks. Yeah. And then they, like, reforge it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that never happened. Glenn Morgan and James Wong seems to me really wanted to take, like, big risks. And Chris Carter was always, like, pretty good about people taking risks. I mean, he let all those Darren Morgan episodes on. He just... Didn't want to change the course of the show based on. I understand things, that too. You know? yeah, yeah, I understand that, and the show was very successful, and he was, you know, obviously amazing at his job, and he knew what the show was more than anybody else did. Everybody else had their version of the show, but it was Chris Carter's show. Yeah. Um, but that ending is devastating. The mm-hmm. opening where she's like, "Why don't I have a death?" Oh You're my like, god! Yes. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, she doesn't have a death. It's also true that when he leaves. And is like constantly checking in on things. Uh, uh, Grace, from Graceland. She feels like he's questioning her abilities, but he's not. He just kind of misses he her. Misses and he her. misses the work. Yeah. And so she's taking this as like, motherfucker, how, like, you're fucking questioning. Let me do my job. This yeah. is my job. But he really, that's his way of connecting to her at this point. And also because he's obsessive, it's his way of connecting to the work. Um, but I thought that was interesting. It's all people. Many people in this episode misinterpreting things in their heads and turning them into different things. Many people in this episode. Uh-huh. Number one being James Purse. Who? Is that his name? Oh, that's a designer. What's his James name? James Edgers. <laughs> Wait, does a designer named James Purse? Yeah, does he design purses? <laughs> It's Thank also God. spelled differently. I got to make sure I say Ed Jers is his name. Yeah, James Purse is a well, designer. It's so Hilarious. interesting that we've been talking for so many minutes and we haven't even mentioned the X-File. Yeah. Like, that's how 
great this episode is. It's it's just, and I didn't remember. I remembered it being slightly goofy. It's not so, goofy. It's well, very sad and bleak. It is sad and bleak. It is hard to make a talking tattoo. I when I started because I couldn't remember this episode. I was like, I kept being like, dear Jesus, don't let the tattoo's mouth move. That's all I kept like. If the tattoo's mouth move. had moved, I would have been off board a little bit. Thank God, tattoo's mouth does not move. Well, it's cool. I told you this, but because I watched it on a plane with my earphones. Yes. Everything she says, each word is from uh, the stereo is right, left, right, Very left, right, left. So it's all over the place. The, and she being Jodie motherfucking Foster. I would not have known it was Jodie Foster. Which, by the way, Jodie Foster is, it's like the proto-Dana Scully. Well, sure, because Clarice Starling yeah. is sort of, he said, inspiration for Dana Scully. It, it makes complete sense. And uh, she does a great job. Almost her voice isn't as Jodie Foster-esque as it normally it's, is. It's not Jodie foster right? She's not doing this. She's not doing sh- Maybe sh- she became more like that later. Maybe she, or maybe she just when you can't see her talking. Maybe oh. that's what it is. Maybe you have to see her mouth moving. When you see it, you're like, oh, <laughs> her mouth's not moving as she much. She's a Holly it. Hunter, man. Those are my voice. Items. Ah, clenched teeth talkers. Yeah, sh- sh- what are you doing over here? Sh- <laughs> um, so great. What an interesting, by the way, just a tip for ladies. If you meet a guy in a tattoo parlor who's talking about getting something that he deserves and he's bleeding, oh. maybe don't fuck him. Well, he's, <laughs> he's made of red flags. <laughs> He's Mr. Red Flag. He's like, yeah, I just got hammered at the bar last night. <laughs> and if you fuck a guy, uh, the next thing, don't answer his door. Uh, don't answer his door wearing just his shirt. And if it's detectives, maybe leave. Maybe leave at that point. Maybe this is not the guy for you. Well, but that's what, you know, she's like, she's rebelling a little bit. Sure. But then also she's being scully. So she's like, I'm going to handle this situation. <laughs> right? I'm going to take care of this. By the way, the scene where she gets a tattoo and she's like, makes like a... She's making a sex sound. It's a oddly a very one hundred percent. It's a very sensuously all the sex scenes and the tattoo scenes are very sensuously filmed. Yes. Yeah. This is a beautiful looking episode. Looks gorgeous. It was supposed so, to be directed by Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino was going to direct it. So this is another thing. They Glenn Morgan and James Wong wanted to do a haunted Lincoln ghost episode. <laughs> And that's what they've been developing for a long time. Uh-huh. Because that's a thing, apparently, that Lincoln's ghost haunts the White House. Oh, that's, like that's one of the fun. Things. I didn't know that. It's super fun. He should be haunting that theater where he was shot and killed, you'd think. That's the last place he wants to be. Well, I know, but does he have a choice? Do ghosts have a choice of where they get to haunt? I think they can commute. I think they can choose, like... Oh, I'll either do my house or where I got killed. Those are my two things? I think so. What if you live in multiple locations? What if you move? You, you gotta pick one. You gotta pick one and then you can't oh, change it. He for was all the president. Eternity. He should be able to haunt wherever he wants. No. Yes. It's, it's the rules of ghosts. The rules of the nether realm are not <laughs> bound by the rules of America. <laughs> I did. I said nothing the of America. The <laughs> Constitution has nothing to do with the nether realm. Um, anyway, they were working on a haunted Lincoln episode. Yes, and so um, Quentin Tarantino. This is the story. David Duchovny again. This is from Darren movie. Uh, the movie blog is his website. I reference it a lot. He, um, David Duchovny auditioned for Reservoir Dogs. So this is right oh, after Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And um, this is before, like... Um, yeah, it's 97. Yeah, so it's after Pulp Fiction then, right? Yes. So he's, like, sort of the hot young guy. Yeah. He's not, like, Hollywood unknown. royalty. Yeah. But he's, he's not unknown. unknown. Yeah. <clears throat> so he was like, I really like what this guy does, but it doesn't fit the thing. And then Mulder, I mean, Duchovny was like, hey, do do an episode. And he really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Um so they changed it for him and they sort of wrote this episode for him but then he had a dispute with the DGA that's and, what I heard yeah and they wouldn't like let him direct can I say something Tarantino maybe would have made the tattoo's mouth move 
Yeah, it would have been interesting. And I love Tarantino, so I, I'm not. I'm just think that maybe would have been. He's something. not a subtle creature. No, he's not, not a creature of subtle. So I think maybe it worked out the way it was supposed to. Um, I thought, and then something like Rob Bowman to direct it, and he does an amazing job because that scene where he kills the neighbor downstairs. Yeah. It's amazing the way the camera keeps moving around and around, and yeah. it goes out, and the door closes. It's like fucking awesome yeah and the tattoo scene is very well directed the whole it's really really well done and it's also cool that it's not an X-File at all they weren't even hallucinating just that guy was crazy what do you mean they at the end Mulder says the amount of whatever in her system yes but not in his and system and his system too no uh yeah he sure? was just going crazy uh-huh. and that brings us to like the big the big one for this episode it's a very interesting comment on sexism, this episode. Tell me. So it's a man who, uh, in the opening scenes, is uh, taken to the cleaners <laughs> by his wife in divorce court, and then decides that all women are evil. Yes. If you notice in his office, it's all, basically all female employees. He has a female boss. Um, ah. Yeah. And he develops in his head, and that's an interesting way. It's not necessarily, I mean, divorces happen. He did go nuts at work, so I understand. I mean, if, if you're ever gonna, if you're the type of guy that would that that, that you would end up like that, yes, you could see that. Yeah, it's confirmation bias. You see, you only notice the things that you want to notice, and uh, he starts hearing these voices, and it's all in his head that the way that he thinks other women feel about him. Yes, including uh, his neighbor, including his coworker, uh-huh. including Dana Scully. He's a meninist. He's a, he's a men's rights advocate. He might. Well, we're not even going to touch any of that because none of that existed back then. But uh, but he's I, a fucking misogynist. Uh, I, it seems that his tattoo would want him to believe that, yes. Uh, his tattoo being some some uh, innately uh, wise woman who also was trying to control him, but from the inside. Yeah. And says that they're going to, I'm going to hurt this woman. I'm going to hurt this woman. These women are beneath you. This is terrible. Uh, I think it's a very interesting thing. An anger globalizing anger towards one woman, his ex-wife, to all women, and his tattoo is just the, the conduit for it. And killing some of them for Yeah, it. it's a lot. Yeah, I didn't even notice that all his bosses are female, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, I, uh, here, I'm just gonna go through, I haven't even looked at my note. I like that, oh, the other thing, another red flag. What's up? If you find a picture of the guy you're on a date with, and he has um, a, a cigarette, Burn on his own face? <laughs> mm, no, it might be a red flag. Mm, yeah, it's might be a very red flag. interesting. I mean, even me and I've dated some real scumbags. Was like, oh, maybe the cigarette burns yeah. that much. I like that in the beginning he's hanging out at every punk bar from the nineties. <laughs> like every time we wanted to do a punk bar, it was that place. It's always the same place. Yeah. Uh, I also thought it's interesting. Dana Scully said, "I haven't been on a date. My last date, we went and saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross." Which came out in 1992. Oh, so it's been years. It's been five years since she had a date. Wow. Five years! That sucks. Ask Scully out, you guys. If you see a Scully, ask her out. Yeah. Just just ask her out. Don't let it fester like the way it did with that guy. Yeah, her makeup was on point this episode. I usually try to do a Dana (laughs) Scully fashion corner. Oh, yeah, this is season four. Uh, I know. Her clothes, much better. They fit her better. She's still wearing the huge coats, but that's okay. But her makeup... It is perfection in this episode. There's one, like a couple of shots of just her face, and I'm like, that is the palette that all women should be putting on their face at all points. Really? In time. It's perfect. Her lip color, I wish I could take it to God Himself and be like, make my lips. <laughs> From now on, all ladies should be born with this it lip is a color. Perfect color. She looks amazing in this episode. Um, are you allowed to get drunk tattoos? Um, 
I will say I the tattoo artist friends that I have will turn away people who are stinking drunk, and if they smell this guy was stinking drunk. Yeah, they're not. I mean, really the guy at the bar didn't want to give him any more drinks. Yes, yeah. I think that the the um, idea of tattoo artists is that they're these scumbags that are just horrible people, but in reality, they're artists, and they want you to get a piece of yeah. art on yourself that you're going to like, and that they're going to have. They're going to still respect their own work. So why would they give you a shitty yeah. tattoo when you're drunk? Yeah. Just divorced drunk guy getting a tattoo. That has never worked out well. No. <laughs> um, it's also interesting, the cold open, there's nothing um, X-Filey about it at all. The no. tattoo doesn't talk. No. It's nothing. He just gets divorced, gets drunk, gets a tattoo. Could be a Law & Order episode. That's yeah. right. If he ends up dead. Yeah. Could falls down. Yeah. Exactly. There's nothing X-Filey about it. The whole episode is so different from every X-Files episode in the sense that Mulder and Scully split up a lot, but they're always talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Here they talk, but they never really communicate. They like don't you, connect? Like you said, they're yeah. always off. Um, and there's no real X-File. And it's about Scully's malaise. It's such a... oh, It, it was like really a devastating episode. The last one, Leonard Betts. This one. Mm-hmm. And the next one, Memento Mori, which is a... They are... She won an Emmy this season. And it's oh, these three episodes... Back to back to back, that you're like, oh, she's wow. a fucking force. Be right she's away. a fucking force, and it's such a great story. And they're all like very sad and devastating. Um, oh yeah, it's all on Scully as is Mulder's talking to like another UFO night, and she's looking at the dead vets picture. Yeah, which is like her dad was a vet. So yeah, maybe it's something to do with that. And it's like her looking at like the real stuff, like these are actual people who fought and died for their country. Oh, Contrasted with some fucking idiot making up UFO stories based on Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Like he's like looking at like the life her dad lived and the life that she's living. Yeah. Which is all to her fake and That's empty. interesting. And that's another, to me, Clary Starling thing because Clary Starling's dad was also, he was like a, a small town sheriff and she had a lot of like uh, mythical respect for what he did. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the way to the FB. I'm sorry, what are you doing? Huh? Nothing. I'm just talking. Oh, God, that's an amazing movie. I've seen that movie so many times. I clearly times. read those books a billion times because uh, anytime we're watching Hannibal, I always know every line of dialogue that they live from the books, yeah. which they're allowed to do. But uh, I clearly read those books enough that I have them memorized. I didn't realize how big of a fan I was. Uh, how shitty is when, when Scully's going through this sort of life crisis and Mulder's talking to her and then she turns oh he was like he's like yeah you weren't even paying attention should I provide you with a multimedia laser show to keep you interested yeah what a dick yeah what a dick you know what it is it's like he's like doing his little quips and stuff and this is not a quippy episode it's a really sad episode so it makes him seem like even more of a dick than usual oh yeah it makes him seem like more of a dick because he's so unconnected to her he doesn't read her you know what would be interesting is to see this episode from his perspective oh yeah that's the thing they did and that's one of the only things I think that it, the Fifty Shades of Grey, however you feel about it, they and it's a cash grab also, but they went back and redid the books from the guy's perspective, uh, what's Christian Grey. They did? Yeah, the, the author went back and rewrote at least the first called? book. Uh, what's it called? Grey. Grey, I don't Grey know. Grey Shades of Fifty? <laughs> something like that. But I like the idea of like going back, and this was the TV show The Affair does this too, of like, you see this from her perspective. Yeah. I would like to see this, the episode as he sees yeah. it. There's an episode called Black Bad Blood in the X-Files that's about that. It's like Mulder's perspective. Interesting. Perspective. It's huh. a really great, that's a funny episode. It's like, uh, it's not, 
Yeah, he's just giving Scully assignments. Um, and when she says he's rotting Bullwinkle episode, to me, that's like such a distillation of why she's good. Like, she's a scientist and that's kind of what she does, right? She, like, is skeptical and, like, cuts through the bullshit mm-hmm. and Mulder wants to believe. He wants to believe. He's got a poster yeah. that says that, that on says there. That says exactly. And it's, like, that's her being, like, surgically so good at her job, just, like, cutting it down. Like, yeah. it's a rocking bullwinkle. Also, her extensive show. knowledge of cartoons. Is yeah. Yeah. She she used to be way more fun. Oh, bummer. That's what this episode says. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she said, he says to her, you were just assigned... This work is my life. And he and says, I've, I've lost sight of my life. This is this is the yeah. beginning. Because it's bookended by these conversations. Mm-hmm. The last conversation and the first conversation. That's interesting. Do you think some people were upset that Dana Scully became yes. less fun? I think so. I think a lot of fans didn't like this episode because it says that they're not completely insane. Yeah. It shows Scully getting it on with another guy. Another thing, Gillian uh, Anderson and... Glenn Morgan really wanted to have like make it very explicit that they do ho- the two of them hook up but Chris Carter did it so that it cuts away before that and when they wake up they're in different rooms so it's sort of implied but oh, there's come deniability on, son. yeah a woman wearing a dude's shirt is always going to be shorthand for they got it on yeah. yeah I've never worn another dude's shirt but I've had I've had sex okay I've never worn any of your shirts you've worn my shirts all the time what are you talking well, about well to work out maybe but yeah. that's a different that's you, not a you sexy you wear my shirts all the time <laughs> I think it's very sexy <laughs> um yeah the, the Jodie Foster's voice is always left and right um by the way mm. uh if I was the, the, when that girl when he's like hey quiet down to that girl downstairs yes. and she just turns on the music that would have pissed me off I wouldn't just turn on the music. I would be like, something's wrong with this guy. Let's turn the music down so I can hear what the shit he's up to. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's she gets true. murdered. She. Are you saying it's her fault? that she's I'm not saying it's her fault. But I'm saying... What are you nothing, saying, Camille? Nothing. What part of her was uh, her fault? Yeah, I nothing. would say I would be concerned too and I would probably not turn up the music. But, uh, yeah. He's a very handsome man. He's pretty handsome. I can't think he was Skeet Ulrich the whole oh, movie. Oh, I wrote down he's a Mennonist. I didn't even know that. That's so cute. Yeah. That's so cute. But yeah, he, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I didn't even, he looks, remember when Skeet was the guy? Oh, Skeet was the guy. Skeet was the guy. Yeah, the camera's Right around with. this time, by the way, he just would have been a little too young for Dana Scully at this point in time. Um, the song that's playing when he kills the woman is, doesn't somebody want to be wanted like me? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very like, Glenn Morgan, James Wong do this thing of like something really dark and horrible happening. It with happens like a at home song. with like sort of a sunny song, but that it has, always like, makes things way creepier. Sadness, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he cut her up, put her in a box, and then set her on fire. Is that what he did? He yeah. incinerated her. Yeah. Wow. He's he should be at, very easy to catch. He's pretty good at murder for a guy that's not ever done it before. But you he know, only like, does one murder. Yeah, but he like knew. Oh, I'll do this and I'll cut it up. I think, I, here's my thing, and I just want to believe this with people in general. Even if you have the gall to like actually be able to murder someone, you, it's kind of, it's also very hard to chop them up and then burn their body. That's a very, incinerate their body. Two steps beyond. Well, he does all that because he's crazy, but he's not really hiding his tracks because he tells the Jehovah's Witness. Like, oh, this woman downstairs is being real annoying. Like, he's going to get caught. Oh, sure. In a matter of days. Yes, he's not a master killer. And, no. and what a fun joke that the Jehovah's Witnesses don't want to talk to him. That's a fun joke. Yeah, that is a fun joke. Yeah. I wrote down Scully did go to Philly. God damn it. I was, like, angry that she goes there. 
Yeah, but without that, there would have been no episode. Also, her walking around, she's the most agenty looking woman. Oh, when for she's sure. in the store with like the Russian guys are talking. <laughs> when like, she's in that store, clearly an agent. And then in the tattoo parlor, be like, yeah. be careful, you're being raided, tattoo parlor. Yeah. What you, what Look is at the size like? of that jacket. <laughs> she's FBI. Hold on, I'm gonna please. Say something. Yeah, I would love to talk about your sneezing, but it's I don't want to fuck it up. Okay. Um, I like the idea of him complaining to the tattoo guy the next day, whereas like, also that's another red flag. Not only did he get a drunk tattoo, but you meet him while he's complaining. He went back about to complain about it. He got everyone gets the tattoo they deserve. That's like the line that's repeated. They really like, kept driving that home. I don't know what that means that's, for real. It's kind of bullshit a little bit, but it works in the context of this episode. But but, like, yeah. Tattoos reflect on body what lies in person's soul. That's what the Russian guy says. I like that his English isn't good enough to use articles, definite and indefinite articles. Yeah. But good enough to really say something pretty Pretty poignant, poignant, yeah. Yeah. And also to gather ryegrasses in prison that he's like, these are great for tattoos. Yeah. I'll bring them to yeah. I'm still parlor. doing that. No, this should be illegal. <laughs> you can't use your prison grass recipe for tattoos still. That You're outside. We have legal dyes now. It reminds me, I got my eyebrows tinted. Yeah, ladies, I do it. Uh, a little while ago and the lady's like, oh, this is great. I have eyebrow tint. It's German. And I was like... Okay, and she's like, you can't get it here. And I was no. like, what are you doing to my eyebrows? Just do the ones that FDA has approved. <laughs> I don't want to... okay, though. I didn't fuck anything up. Push, push the face. boundaries and stuff. Um, I also like that never again does mean something to her. Because yeah. that is, in the moment, she is like, never again. It, it means something just... to her. It means something to him. Yeah. yeah. And she's fully flirting with him. Like, that's... Did that turn you on? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's pretty hot. It was cool to see a different side of Scully. I wish we'd seen more of that. Yeah. I think it would have been more interesting to have... I mean, that's part of what... I think what they did so well is that they... Because of what the show is, it means that there's no room for her romantic life or personal life, right? So we just don't see it. Yes. And so what they've done later is explain that by saying that all oh, her personal life has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so you do... I don't think that they three years ago made a decision that her personal life is disappearing and in three years she's going to hit a wall about it. Right. They just looked at what the show is, what it focuses on, what it doesn't focus and on. And they'd be like, what, what story can we tell about what it's not doing? Yes. That's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that that was really cool and that's what this show was so fucking good at was, yeah. was you know, Mulder's been bossing her around and it's not really an issue in their relationship, but now they talk about it. Yeah. So the things that become the tropes of the show are then put under a magnifying glass and 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 dissected and, and, and sort of ripped apart. I think it's also quite interesting that for Mulder's personal life, which we don't see, we're okay with just getting like little hints of like, uh, there was some waterbed thing I remember from an episode yeah. and like a porn thing. Just hearing little like secondhand side stuff is enough for you to fill it in. Yeah. But it's not enough for, for female characters back then, maybe even now. Well, but we don't see her. We don't hear anything, but anything we do hear, there's no real shorthand. Like, Oh, she's like this kind of woman. Do you know what I mean? Because there wasn't really a mold for what kind of woman she was. Uh, so we need more of a story, a full story to kind of tell us about her personal life. I see. She wasn't an archetype. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and neither was he, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. He says, what you got a date or something to her on the phone? It's so dismissive because that even he knows, like, hey, you don't have a fucking But date. also, he also is asking. I heard that as a guy who won't fucking man up and admit he's interested. That's how I heard that. Okay. Yeah. And That's he, what my tattoo was saying to me was, oh, he's interested <laughs> and he's just asking. <laughs> Jodie Foster is like, he's interested. <laughs> 
watch trash. Yeah. I've got bananas in my mouth. I like that my uh, is also sort of sounds like Lorne Michaels a little bit. Terrifying. Um, Mulder does karate right afterwards. Did you notice that? Well, he does the Elvis karate. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Elvis yeah. karate Adorable. thing he does. Yeah, he's a he's a little kid in some ways. I like how nervous Scully has to call this guy. Like she's like so like okay, I'm gonna call this guy. Yeah, she doesn't ask for him very flirtatiously. What's his name again? Ed Jers. Ed Jers. Like, Ed Jers, please. Yeah. And like don't uh, call him like an FBI agent. Yeah. Call him like a girl. It's so special, Agent Dana Scully. I want to go out on a date with you. <laughs> I would like to schedule a date for you. I really like the line that the tattoo says, uh, beauty's only skin deep, baby. I go all the way to the bone. Which is, it is, because it's him. Yeah. That's why it goes all the way to the bone. The way it's set up is so cool because... I completely heard that as a sexual thing. I go all the way to the bone. That's generally, it's I, not, I'm an idiot. I, <laughs> I don't think it's sexual. I, I like how they're like slowly drawn to each other so slowly. It's like a slow motion car wreck. Like, you, you know, he's got problems. She's running, going through some problems right now. And they come together so slowly. Like, they have a few chance meetings. And then and then she just wants to get drunk with him. Yeah. It's inevitable. There's like a sad inevitability, inevitability to like whatever's going to happen with them. Yeah. It happens so slowly. Yeah. I thought that was really he cool. He wants to take her to dinner and she's like, take me to the bar where you got hammered. Yeah. Oh, this guy's such a putz. He's like, my car's in the shop. This is like so many every <laughs> every bad boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my car's in the shop. Oh, I burned out my own face with a cigarette. My mom's such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Mom! Like, she lives there, too. Yeah. He's a, a total loser. She could do better than him. He's hurting himself. Like, he, um, he burns the face off the tattoo, too. Yeah. What do you mean? Later. Later, yeah. 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 He's, um... He's doing self-harm shit. Self-harm, but I think he realizes if that's the source of it, I have to get rid of it. He wants to get rid of the part of himself yes. that is having all these problems. Yes, absolutely. But he can't. Uh, can I just real quickly interject, holy shit, that internet from 1997 when L- she goes to the FBI. Like, looks great. <laughs> it looks amazing in that little sound. Internet.com. <laughs> oh, I miss that internet sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, she has to look up what that chemical <laughs> well, is. I've got to dial it in. Is someone on the phone? Yeah. It's a very interestingly paced episode. Like, not very much happens in this. No, not at all. Only one person gets killed. And that's what makes it really sad, too, and dark, is that it's not like a breakneck episode. It's just sort of sad and slow, like Scully's life yep. in this episode. Um, along the way, there are other fathers. She really opens up to this guy, huh? Yeah. She's really into him, and she gets a tattoo. And so now, is that Ouroboros tattoo, which is I think you know their relationship, Mulder and Scully, is like eating each other in a circle. Also, it's her life. Yeah, kind of devouring itself. Yeah, yeah. Round and round, no end in sight. No end in sight. Is um, that tattoo now canon? That tattoo is going to be there forever. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. When we watch season ten, that tattoo's there. Yeah. Just remember that, even it's, if you never and see it. Did she get it lower back, like yeah. tramp stamped? Area? Yeah, because remember when she orgasms because the guy like pricks her? <gasps> yeah, it's that scene is great. The music is great. Uh, you'll feel better if you stayed here. What a lie, you know? He's, um, he kind of talks very slow too, like, and she takes his shirt off. I mean, it's a hot scene. It's a hot scene. You know, they dated. Those two that. actors? Jillian Anderson really? and that guy dated for a little bit. Can you believe that? I wonder how. I wonder how Duchovny felt about that. Fine, they were friends. Yeah, I know, but part of, like, oh, you're dating the guy that is the stand-in for the guy that's me and the thing? I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying the real, real thing's right here. <laughs> um, 
Or you get the circular camera happens again when they kiss. Mm-hmm. Because again, I think the circular camera is maybe danger. Um, Could you name right now how many times Dana Scully gets laid in the history of the television show? I think this is it. Really? I think so. No. There's got to be other times. I can't think of one other situation. I can hear the internet yelling at you right now. Yeah. Probably. Internet but that's interesting. Show. Okay. Um, I thought it happened more often than that. And then Mulder can't get in touch with her, and now he's worried. That piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I thought that the guy looked like a young Ray Liotta, like a young, handsome Ray Liotta. Ed Jones did. Yeah. James um, Purse did. <laughs> Uh, Dave per- James Purse did. Um, I didn't like her wearing his shirt. It made me upset. I don't want to admit it. Well, that's just a weird dude. Thing is it the bloody? Is it the bloody shirt? That- yeah, maybe. Or you're actually upset at me? No, not really. Okay, <laughs> not really. All right. Um, uh, Mulder just listening to bullshit FBI stuff on his headphones. I imagine that's what he's doing all the time. All of the time. And he can't find In his sleep, even. Yeah. Ergotism. That's what the yeah. ergot is the name. Of. I kept hearing egot. We'd be like, oh, egot. Yeah. <laughs> um. She talks to me. She hates women. She makes me do things I don't want to. That's what he says about the tattoo. Uh, so he understands. I'm very interested. It's. I thought it was very interesting that he did admit to Dana Scully what was going on with him. Yeah, and I think at that point you either leave or you're definitely careful like if he's ever looking at the tattoo and nodding his head like, okay, you're like get the fuck out of here. I like that she immediately switched into the mode that I would switch into as a therapist of like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and get this taken care of. It's gonna be just fine. Why don't you stay here? I'm gonna come back. We're gonna go to the hospital. Yeah, she's gonna be fine. She's really like, we're gonna put some clothes on. We're gonna go together. That's what she says. Yeah, she's like, she's back to like the Dana Scully, the no nonsense all business Dana Scully, you know? And then he just attacks her and she, she, I thought it was a badass, but then she just runs into a wall and knocks herself out. Classic girl move. <laughs> just, hey, I mean, you know, you're a trained FBI officer. Don't run into walls. <laughs> I don't know. Look That's up. That should be first day of training. Then he's going to burn her, too, but she fights back and she wins. Um, he that's wins. how he deals with all his problems. He burns them. He, he burns, burns the woman. Problems, yeah. he, he burns his own face. He burns the tattoo. He's a burn guy. And then he burns his own arm. Yeah. I thought that was fairly noble. Simply yeah. like sacrificing, like, oh, I, I realize I'm I'm the one that's wrong, and I care about you enough. Yeah. Which, I don't know why I would, because I just met you, but I care about you enough, and not my neighbor, who I probably have known for a couple years, very slightly, yeah. that I'm going to burn my arm rather than do it to you. But now he knows what the problem is. Well, what I think what is great about the X-Files is when the bad guys are conflicted, where there's, I like, love it. they're normal people, and then some X-Filey thing is in them. And in this one, his X-Filey thing is not X-Filey, he's just having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then the struggle between who they were and who they are now or what the power that they have demands of them. Like, that's sort of uh, what happens in Leonard Betts. He sort of wants to be a good guy, but he yeah. also needs to eat cancer. Yeah. So I really, I really like that. I love, that kind of bad guy. I love the duality of, of, a, of a bad guy that... Because uh, no one's all evil. Very few people are all evil. But it also, I'm always a little dubious when people are like... Just overcome the bad side with your thoughts. Yeah, it's that's weird. always like a weird thing to kind of show happening on screen. Well, that's why, like I think, going to therapy and stuff it now has less of a stigma. But going to a psychologist, psychiatrist used to have a stigma where it was like it's just a head thing. Figure it out. Yeah. Why do you need drugs exactly. or like, help someone's yeah. help to do it? Yeah. Like, that's why, like in Pakistan, there's still a stigma against it. Interesting. It, it's considered weak to not be able to will yourself back to mental health. That's so tiring to have to try and do. Yeah, totally. 
He says your second appearance in the your personal uh, personal appearance in the X Files for the second time. It's a new record. What a little shit. He doesn't understand he what she's shit. been through. No. And he's making wisecracks. And it really is such a you delve into her psyche, see where she is, and then from that perspective, see how he is. And you're like, oh. My and God. all the it recasts all the cracks that he's been making for the yeah. last few years. Yeah. You know, like belittling stuff, like yeah. making fun of it. It's. Oh my god, it's such a stark contrast to the sadness of the episode. Um, all this because I didn't get you a desk. Not everything is about you, Mulder. This is my life. Yes, but it's... Wow. What a fucking crazy, crazy ending. Is there anything else you want to say about mm, this? No. Um, really, I would say this is one of the... And I, I, don't, I, I don't know why, but I remember it being goofy, but watching it again and... You didn't get Maybe it. Maybe I feel... Yeah, I didn't get it. I'm older now. And just a really powerful set. And after Leonard Betts, this, and the next one... I feel sad for you, Camille. Are you going to be able to handle watching these all these episodes all by yourself with other people? Do you want to watch them? More? Y- yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll let's, hold your hand. <laughs> again. Yes. Super You. Super You. By author. If, you, if you're having any of the issues like any of the people in this episode, get my book. You're so cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do that. I'm at emilybgordon.tumblr.com yeah. if you want to see an example of some of the relationship and like self-improvement stuff I write. Because Emily's a therapist. I was, yes. Um, you don't practice anymore. No, but I Once a therapist, practice. always a I therapist. I suppose it is always going to be part of my identity. And, like you know, like Dana's tattoo. Yeah. It's always there. Even <laughs> if canon. you don't see it. My being a therapist is canon. If you are finding yourself burning pictures of yourself, getting uh, complaining about <laughs> I don't think my book's going to help you if your tattoo's talking to you. It's a good first step. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thank, thank you guys you. so much. Thank you so much. Uh, at X-Files Files, uh, at Kamel N on Twitter, at The Gynamite. At the Gynamite. T-H-E-G-Y-N-O-M-I-T-E. Please get our book. And at Kumail N. At Kumail You N. need more Twitter followers. And again, New York Comic Con. Come there. We're showing the first episode of the new season. I'm doing a Q&A with Chris Carter and David Duchovny afterwards. I'm very excited. Yeah, are you? How, what are you going to do? Season 10 episode called My Struggle. What are you even going to do? I don't know. I mean, when I think about it, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. So I just... It's sort Shut of like it was being on the show... If I hadn't gotten to be on the episode, yeah, this would be the biggest, biggest thing. Yeah. As it is, it's the, the second, second biggest, biggest thing. thing. Or third after marrying me, right? Um, no, I mean in terms of X, in the X-Files. Oh, yeah, so of course. I don't count on your X-Files list also? <laughs> I should be at the top of every list. You're top of every list. <laughs> You're zero. And then I'm we patient start at zero. One. You're patient zero. You're ground zero for everything good in my life. Ooh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> no, oh God. I didn't realize. Okay, 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 okay. We've talked too much. Okay, bye. Bye, guys. We have great dinner reservations at a really nice restaurant that I'm very excited Get about. Get out of here. It's Jacques. It's Carl. It's Edgar. And we are your boys from Against the Grain. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe to us or listen to us on your favorite podcasting app. We talk all the shit. We talk none of the shit. We talk a majority of the shit. You should check us out and listen. See just how much shit we really talk. Yeah, baby. Against the Grain.